Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom. Today, I'm with Dr. Rod Perry, an inductee to the South Dakota Hall of Fame in 2018. Rod, thank you for joining us today. Uh, could you start with just giving an overview of your childhood growing up and uh, some of the challenges you had and where you grew up at? Well, I'd be glad to. Yes, I've lived in South Dakota almost all of my life, and I was born on a farm, home delivery, in rural Canastota, South Dakota. And I went to grade school there, high school there, college at SDSU, and then to USD. And Madison, Wisconsin for my medical degree, and then I came back. Rod, when you were growing up on the farm, uh, what were some of the challenges and chores that you had on the farm? <laughs> uh, I very much respect farmers and, and the hard work that they do. And, and I do remember that those were dry years. We've had dry years recently, too, and we used to, each afternoon or evening, so look to the western sky to see if there were going to be clouds there so that we could hope for rain. So that, that was part of it. And at that time, of course, we had two row cultivators and the farm work was much different than, than what it is now. It, was that early morning uh, chores and, as well, before school and after school? Or? No, no, my, my parents valued education, very much valued education, so that was the number one priority. So it was off to school. My mother was the school cook, so we, we went early so she could prepare for the for the noon meal. But when I came home, and it was my turn to milk the cows and gather the eggs, and I will admit to you, I'm deathly afraid of chickens. <laughs> I don't know why, but, but chickens make me so nervous. All they have to do is look at me and I start shuddering. So that was a challenge to gather those eggs. Dr. Perry, how many were in your graduating class? I think we had about 25. It was a small school. And, and I think that's important to think about because I thought I would be disadvantaged coming from a small school. We didn't have all the, th all the courses that others had opportunities to take, like a foreign language or, or higher math or, or any of those choices. So it was a very limited curriculum at that time. But I found when I went to college, feeling somewhat unprepared, that maybe I wasn't as unprepared as I thought. And since I enjoyed education so much, it just seemed to be a smooth transition. So no problem going from a class of 25 to the large classes at SDSU? And well, I have to admit I was very nervous, <laughs> extremely nervous. But again, if one has a focus and a goal, and I think even at that time and later on in my career, I developed a sense of of needing to network. So you would network with some others that were going through the same thing or had the same goals in mind. And by networking with others, it just made the transitions easier. When did you decide on a medical field? Well, again, at the very last moment. It wouldn't happen now, I know. But at the very last moment, I decided I'm not ready to quit school. And so in April, I was going to graduate in May, 
I decided I would apply to USD School of Medicine. It was a two-year school at that particular time. And I was invited for an interview. And the first question they asked me is whether or not I had comparative anatomy, meaning did you have a, have a cat in your anatomy lab? Well, I didn't. And I may not have told the truth completely. <laughs> <laughs> but, but apparently they had an opening and I was accepted. And I'm so glad and so fortunate. So that was a two-year program. It was a two-year program at that time. Uh, South Dakota's medical school was established in, in 1907. And actually it had lots of challenges over the years, simply because it was a small school, funding was a challenge and finding faculty was a challenge, but it was established because South Dakota was short of physicians, one of the worst in the nation at that time. And that remains a challenge for South Dakota. We, we need more physicians. The ones we have are just excellent, and I, I'm very proud of our medical care here. But the, the challenge remains. Yeah. But why a two-year at the time versus a four-year, do you think? I think part of it was funding. I think part of it was shortage of physicians to teach, and, and part of it was that we have great hospital systems now, but at that time, Yankton was our crown jewel. Yankton really was our crown jewel, and most of our clinical training took place at Yankton, but of course they could not accommodate all the students, and I think that was one of the reasons it was a two-year program at that time. How did you just decide on Wisconsin then to finish your I think that I ended up at Wisconsin probably because it was fairly close to South Dakota. Uh, I think the culture was very similar. Wonderful choice, and I'm glad that I did. And then your next stop, stop was the Mayo Clinic then for residency? Oh, uh, no, not no. quite. Okay. <laughs> I, wish, I wish it had been quite, quite that easy, but remember that was the time of the Vietnam War. And at that time, you had to have a one year of internship before you could start your residency. So we ended up in Phoenix, Arizona for the one year internship. And then, because of the Vietnam, the physician residents and, and interns at that time had to, well, they called it an obligated volunteer. I'm not quite sure what that means, but, but that, that was the term. So I ended up in the military for, for a while, too. I, I had some, some residency that I had to have two years in the military, and then I completed my residency. Okay. So when you were in the military, were you over in Vietnam then? No, no. I, I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, as an internist at that particular time, and it was a good experience. I, I very much appreciated the military and, and the soldiers, and. I was glad that I had that experience. Okay. When you were at Mayo doing your residency then, was that a tough decision to, for South Dakota then after that? Because a lot of times in residencies they're able to hang on to their doctors. And well, when I finished it was 1976. At that time South Dakota was just making the transition from a two-year school to a four-year school and they desperately needed faculty. So I, I was recruited by Dr. Bob Talley to be the, the first pulmonologist in eastern South Dakota. And my job was to write the, the curriculum for the lung medicine and to also provide care at the VA 
But when I got here, I discovered that I was the only pulmonologist in Sioux Falls. So there were other opportunities and other requests for that time too. So it, it was a good time and it was an easy transition. What were your thoughts when you were asked to come and head up that area at the medical school? I probably thought I wasn't ready. <laughs> I probably wasn't ready. But Bob Talley was a wonderful mentor. And again, my, my love of education. And I, I'm going to backtrack for just a moment, and this might be corny, and I, we, but I'll share it with you. I, I grew up in the Methodist Church in Canastota. It's a very small church. And every fall, they, they had their, their first hymn. It was always the same. It was in September. So my marching hymn was Holy, 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 which became my mandate for education. I've always thought of that hymn as part of education. Sort of a strange story, I know, but. No, that is interesting in how it ties uh, together. Right, it was just a march towards education in September. Dr. Perry, as you were going through your education at SDSU, USD, and then uh, being called into the service and then your residency, did you have questions whether you were in the right field or uh, were, and then what challenges did you really see that were that you had throughout the education period and the, being obligated to serve had to be one that you weren't looking at uh, when it came up I think that one just takes each opportunity at at one step at a time, and I think that's how I approached it. I also say, have to say that I had wonderful support. My, my wife, through all of this, ha has been extremely supportive as we, as we made the changes, and perhaps as I reflect back, I probably should have done some things different. Maybe I should have spent more time with my children growing up. I spent much more time with my grandchildren than I did, did with my children. But there were so many things to do at that time, and, and South Dakota, then, and I think even now, is a very vast state, but it's also a state where you can be innovative and you have opportunities and you can identify your own interest areas and take those interest areas forward and make huge contributions within those areas. Yeah, and so, so true and well, well said. With USD's medical school, You've seen a lot of the changes there. Can you walk through some of the changes that you really helped uh, with USD? Yes, there, there have been a lot of changes. As I said, our school became a four-year school in 1976. And of course, at that time, funding was a problem. We had an old building that was not meeting accreditation standards. But I, th I thought the biggest concern I had was we were not graduating enough physicians for South Dakota. The class size was relatively small and we needed more physicians than that. Then the other big challenge is we didn't have residencies and it's so important to have a residency for your graduate because where they go for residency training is where they tend to stay. So we had to develop both class size expansion and residency development. At the same time when the medical school converted from a two-year school to a four-year school, it got some additional funding, but it didn't get enough. So all the funding was used to, 
to subsidize third-year education, and we had none for fourth-year education. So I have to give a very loud shout-out to the physicians of South Dakota. They came forward, and they were not paid, or they were underpaid, but they taught with vigor. And because of their, their volunteer teaching, the school was able to survive, and now it's expanded, and we have excellent programs, and, and we also have excellent residencies. One thing I want to share, because I think it's so terribly important, is in, in my entire career of caring for patients, probably over 40 years, I never ever was asked what medical school I went to. The patients don't care what medical school you go to. Instead, they care whether or not you have commitment and compassion for their well-being, and that's what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah very good. I, I would share that with the medical students, because if they felt uneasy, maybe they were select, accepted at two, three, some of our applicants are ex accepted five, six, ten different places. I always gave that story because I felt it was so important. Yeah, and it, and it is. What do you think has been your biggest challenge uh, throughout your life? Be it growing up in Canastota, uh, going to school, the challenges you had at uh, the medical school with the funding issues? Well, you've probably guessed I'm a very shy person. And being, out, being forced to be outgoing was a challenge for me. And um, for, for that reason, I, I tried to recruit people that I thought had skills that I didn't have so, so that we could approach things as a team. And I really feel that, that team healthcare delivery, team education, all of those things work best. So I, I think my challenge was finding the right people and, and allowing those people to, to succeed. And that's a great point to make too. And as people build the team, it doesn't matter what field it is, you wanna make sure you have the strongest team possible. And uh, you don't need the people like you or just will agree with you, you need the people that will challenge you. Uh, and challenge the program to continue to get better as well. So, and it's not always easy to do. It's not always easy to do. And it was a time of transition for the medical school. When the medical school became four years, we actually had a practice plan. It was one of the largest in the state, up 135 providers. But with the change in healthcare delivery, with physicians being employed by hospitals, it sort of left the medical school out in the cold. So we had to come up with a new way of, pro of providing education. And we, we did away with our practice plan and incorporated a, a, a payment plan for paying for education with the practicing physicians. It was successful and we've done very well. Dr. Perry, what would you tell young people today going into the medical field? Uh, what words of encouragement or some intellect that you would share with them today? There are so many opportunities in medicine. You don't have to be an MD to be successful. You, you could be a nurse, you could be a ward clerk, you could be a, a person who draws blood, you could be a paramedic. It doesn't really matter. If you're interested in helping people and, and making people's lives better, then there's a niche for medicine for you. Very good. So many kids today in, that, that we talk to, and I have four, that 
are nervous because they don't know what they want to do next. And I'm sure when you were in Canastota, you knew each step of the way that you were going to take. But when you were in Canastota, did you ever think that you'd be heading up the medical school oh, for South Dakota? Absolutely and, not. And that's what kids have to remember today, too, is just take it a step at a time, just as you stated earlier. And you know what? You, you don't know what life's going to do, but you have to go into it positive and work hard, and, and just as you have done. And the success that you've made and, and how you've changed South Dakota from... Uh, from the medical field to the medical school is just amazing. Part of it, though, I also have to give to the advancement of science. And I, I'm thinking for just a second, when I came back to South Dakota, I was one of the first people who could do flexible bronchoscopy. That's passing a lighted tube down the windpipe to clean out the lungs. And so the Cystic Fibrosis Clinic, which was a branch of the University of Minnesota, needed someone to do that to meet accreditation standards. So they invited me to, to come and be involved. At that time, life expectancy was only 14 years. Now we're talking about a normal life expectancy. The, the advances in medicine have been fantastic, and so having an opportunity to be part of it has been extremely rewarding. And that's a good point, just with technology and how it's changed every, every yes. field that's out there. It is amazing, from farming, that you've seen when you were growing right, up. The two-row color that are, oh my gosh, was that <laughs> and, terrible. And, and just think about those farmers coming back today and seeing the technology that's out there in the tractors. Right. Uh, and then the doctors, too, at, at that point in time, when you first went on the field, if they came back today and seen all the technology out there, they would probably be just amazed. And uh, Yes, it's, it's very hard to believe that at this particular moment, one of my cystic fibrosis patients is older than I am. Fantastic. Well, how many, you were the first for so many things in South Dakota then. Uh, when you look at it uh, from going to the two-year school, the four-year school, and you came back and you were the first for, excuse, help me out with this now, with the... I was the first pulmonologist in eastern South Dakota, and I was one of the first faculty members in internal medicine for the, for the medical school. But if we go through first, again, it's the opportunities, the innovation that you and I talked about. I was able to develop a sleep laboratory. Didn't have one here. And of course, the technology has improved a lot. And, and that and the opportunity to work with farmers to improve their well-being as far as agriculture, respiratory hazards, the, uh, being able to place the vast importance of mass and, and that, that type of thing. So there's just so many opportunities. And citric vibro fibrosis as well. Right. It, and, and, great and, career. and being involved with the build of the new medical school and I mean you've seen, you've been part of a lot of first in South Dakota and that's an amazing thing and, and here you're a young man from Canastota, South Dakota uh, that had got on and has changed South Dakota. I don't know about that, but I hope I have provided opportunities for young people in South Dakota. And I, I just want to mention one other very innovative program at the medical school, and that's our farm program, and that's Frontier of Rural Medicine. So at this particular time, we have various locations across the state where the medical students can go and spend nearly a year learning how to practice medicine in very rural environments. Very good, wonderful program because this will encourage people to come back to South Dakota mm -hmm. and will allow them to know that yes, they do have the skills to function in that particular environment. 
Dr. Perry, what is something about you that most South Dakotans don't know? Well, I admitted earlier that I'm afraid of chickens. And, uh, and you're a little shy. <laughs> and I'm a little shy, that, that too. Uh, but, but I really think I have to give credit to my family and their encouragement for education. And I have to give credit for my wife because we've been through so many different transitions. And so I, I, I think that the many things I was able to accomplish, or at least be involved with, really was due to their support. And I agree that the family is so important because uh, you do, you have that challenge after challenge and you need that family support during those tough times. Uh, so, so very well said. Dr. Perry, as I just look at your accomplishments and, and the successes that you've had, all I can say is wow and, and congratulations and thank you for everything you've done for the state of South Dakota and congratulations on the induction into the Hall of Fame. You're truly a Hall of Fame member of South Dakota. Oh, thank you. It, it is an honor and, and I very much appreciate all the others that are there because they have done tremendous things. And, I'm and, proud to be but one of them. Yeah, and this is something we really want to share uh, because a lot of people don't realize that you were a farm boy from Canastota that then went to a two-year medical school after graduating from South Dakota State, then went to Wisconsin, and I wasn't aware of the military career you had before your res residency and all the firsts that you've accomplished in South Dakota in the medical field. So uh, just amazing, uh, amazing history and career, and all I can say is thank you very much for everything you've done. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.